Because of the death of Jesus, because of him giving his life for you and me, we have peace. You have it. You have peace. Are you living it? Do you feel like your life is filled with peace? Or do you feel like your life is filled with turmoil? Here's what the Lord's showing me. I have peace. It's there. But I have to choose it. One of the ways that I reject peace is through my expectations. I reject peace through my expectations. Here's what the Lord is showing me about my expectations. My expectations are all about Kirk. They're not about you. They, they, they do not make room for you. They're all about me. And so you are just here to serve my expectations. Now to hear that sounds terrible. But that's what the Lord's showing me. He's showing me that that's what my expectations are about. My expectations don't allow for the things that the Lord wants to do in you or the things that the Lord wants to do in me. My expectations don't allow for a world that is filled with sin and evil. My expectations are all about comfort and all about uh, not having trials. So every day when I wake up and I have my expectations, what do you think is going to happen? Disappointment. Those expectations are going to be dashed every time. And the thing is, is that I, I get so, um, I, I guess it's partly arrogance, it's partly ignorance. I think my expectations are all about the Lord. And so when I go to the Lord in prayer, oh, what a good thing to go to the Lord in prayer. But what I find is that many times what my prayer is, is a list of expectations, and I'm telling God how to fill it. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. And then I find myself getting frustrated because for some reason, God didn't take my expectations that were all about me and all about my comfort and fill them. And so I get mad at the other people, whoever is near me, that didn't help fulfill those, and then I also get mad at God. God, why aren't you filling these expectations? You see, Scripture declares that God's ways are so much higher than mine. God's ways are so much higher than ours. But we must step into that to receive the peace that He paid for. And so that means that each and every day, I've got to get up and I've got to say, Lord, today is yours. And I've got to trust Him. And I've got to know that He knows what is best. And so when, when things don't go the way that I imagined in that moment, I've got to say, okay, God, You're in control of this. You are sovereign. You are able to work through this. Show me what You want me to do. Show me what, how You want me to react. And through this, I'm just going to keep my eyes on you. Last week, 
I shared with you a big long story <laughs> about some cows that got out. And it was easy to share it because at that time they were back in this pen and it was all over with. Well, guess what? It's not over. <laughs> Later that day they got out and they spent a week just roaming the countryside. At one point I saw them out in the field eating with some deer. <laughs> And here's the thing, I've had this dream, you know, some of you said, hey, I drove by your house, I didn't see any longhorns. Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> I've had this dream that there'd be these longhorns out in the pasture, just munching around. That's not a lot to ask, is it? I mean, really. But here's the thing, through this, God, God's showing me something. You see, when this first happened, I shared with you how I just, I just fell to pieces. And I, I just got, I got mad at the situation. I got mad at people trying to, to help me because things weren't going my way. And I was praying. <laughs> uh, and my prayers went into yelling. God, what, what are you doing? I mean, it's just, ah! And, and, and despite my yelling and whatever, like nothing changed in the situation. But then what I found was, is that I could stop. I could stop and I could forget about my expectations. Because here's what I found. I found I had a group of people around me, and they were like joking and enjoying each other's company. And I'm like, what's the matter with you people? we got a job to do here. And it's not happening. But what I found is, is that I had a choice. Because in the midst of that trial, God had stopped blessed me with all kinds of blessings. God had still allowed me to, to, to have relationship with Him, and I found out I didn't have to walk around mad. My cows can sit out with the deer and munch, and you know what? I can still be happy. Because my happiness is not conditional upon that. It's conditional upon my walk and my relationship with Jesus. And so I want to say to you, you can't have peace. You can't create it. It only comes through the Lord. You see, here's what happens. We get these expectations. We get these ideas of what will make us happy. And here's what we do. We start to scheme. We start to scheme and then we pray God will, will fill and follow those schemes. But the reality is, is that God's in control. Now, there's some good things you can do and it's good to have goals, by the way. But your goals and, and your good things don't necessarily mean that things are going to turn out the way you think. For instance, uh, it's good to eat healthy. It's good to exercise. But if you eat healthy and exercise, you might get cancer tomorrow and die. That, that might happen. It's good to save money. It's good not to just go out and blow everything that you have. But you should know that you can save money and somebody can walk across your property and trip and fall and sue you and take it all away. It, it could happen. I mean, when you think about people in Scripture, when you think about Joseph, for instance, Joseph shared a dream, and because he shared a dream, the next thing you know, he's off in Egypt somewhere. And then after that, um, because Joseph is upstanding and, and he won't give in to the pressure of, uh, of, of a woman, because of that, he gets put in jail. 
But through that, God always works. God always works for the good of those who love Him. But here's the deal. We must trust Him and we must trust His ways and we must walk it out. If you get ideas of how things should go, because you read some Scripture and you think, okay, here's what's going to bring God glory. God, this is what needs to happen. And then you start praying for it and it doesn't happen. What's going to happen at that point? Well, you've got two choices. You can get mad at God. You can decide He doesn't love you. You can decide that He's not sovereign. Or you can decide that His ways are higher than yours. And you can say, God, you take over. I lay down my expectations. I lay down my scheming. God, you show me what you want to do in my life. That's the offer we have. Turmoil or peace? God paid for the peace. You can have it. But it only comes in His way, not mine. I want to look at some scriptures this morning. The first one is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28 through 33. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28 says this. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Why? For they hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. Now, it's easy to apply that to someone else, but here's the thing. The Lord is showing me that at times, this is where I go. Because I don't really listen to the Lord. When I go into my prayer time, again, I'm just telling God what I need, and I'm not really listening to Him. And I'm going about my expectations. And then again, when my expectations aren't met, I'm crying out to God, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? And you know what? He's not changing any way he's reacting. Why? Because I'm not listening to him. He's trying to guide me a completely different way. And I'm saying in my heart, God, I know best. I, I can't. This is, what, this is the way it has to be. I can't really trust you. That's what I'm saying. You see, when I get up in the morning and I don't spend time with the Lord and I'm just... I'm saying, I don't trust you, Lord. I, I, I'm saying, I know what's best. That's what I'm doing with my actions. It doesn't matter what I'm saying with my mouth, you know. I may have a five-minute prayer time. Oh, God, I trust you. Lead me today, and, and I'm off. But, but that's, that's not reality. When it's reality, I push everything else aside, and that becomes my priority, and I just listen. And then when things get rough and ugly and I'm not understanding, that's where my heart gets tested. I, I, I want to go to um, another scripture real quick that talks about this, that, that testing of the heart. Because God does this, and He does it because it helps shape our heart. We have ideas in our head of the way that we want to be, but the reality is, is that it only happens when we get into those places. You know, we want to honor God, for instance, whether we're in blessing and prosperity or, or whether we're in a place where we're not feeling that blessing and prosperity. But the reality is, is that we have to walk through the valley and we have to then choose, God, I'm going to love you. And what happens there is there's a transformation that happens in the heart. 
And God wants that for you because that will give you freedom. But here's the deal. You have to walk those places out. So God has to take you to those places. An example of this is Deuteronomy 8.3. Deuteronomy 8.3, which says this. It's talking about God's children. It's talking about them in the wilderness. And it says this. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. You see, God purposely put those who were following Him in a situation where they were hungry. He did it on purpose. And then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Here's what He did. He put them in a situation where they had nothing to eat. And as they looked around and they thought about all the ways that they normally get food to eat, they saw nothing. And so at that point, they had two choices. They could look to God and say, God, we we don't see how we can have anything to eat. We need You to come through here. Or they could get mad. They could get mad at Moses who led them there. They could get mad at their situation. They could get mad at God because supposedly they were God's children. Supposedly He was providing for them. And they had seen God do all kinds of miraculous things. And so He must intend for them to go hungry. Well, most of them, if you read the account, what they did is what I do. God, why are you? Why would you put me here? This is so cruel. I thought you were supposed to provide for me. Well, He was. All He wanted was for them to look to Him. And then what would He do? He would provide food in a way they had never seen before. Here's another thing about my expectations. My expectations always involve something I've seen before. (laughs) They never involve something I've never seen. My mind's not that creative. God loves to do things in ways you've never seen before. I find that all the time. You see, I'm getting mad at God. I'm thinking He's not doing anything. And the whole time He is, I'm almost there. It's just coming in a way I've never seen it. And that's what was happening with them. God was about to provide food in a way that had never been seen before. But hear this. God wasn't late in giving them food. He wasn't distracted. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you were hungry. God did it on purpose. God purposely puts you in situations where you feel hunger, where where you feel discomfort of whatever it is because He wants you to look to Him. He doesn't want you... You see, the whole thing about not living alone, here's what that means. It means that you don't look at your need and then scheme according to your natural abilities to meet it. Now, if you're hungry and there's food in front of you, unless, you know, an angel comes and says, don't eat it, just reach out and eat it, okay? Don't expect Him to feed you, okay? But at the same time, when you have a need and you're like, this isn't getting met and I don't know what to do, you have a choice. You get mad at God, at other people around you, or you turn to God and you say, God, what's going on here? I I need you in this moment. That's where He wants to take us. 
Let's go back. Proverbs. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Again, when we don't get expectations met, the weird thing is, I'll wake up tomorrow with the same expectations. Why do I do that? I mean, I mean seriously. I, I just keep having the same expectations over and over. This happened when, as we were gathering these cattle together. I would chase them. I would push them back with my horse to this one area to get them in. And every time, like 30 times in a row, they would do something different. And I just kept doing it over and over. And every time, like, I expected, okay, this is going to be the time. They're just going to do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and God's like, huh, maybe you should try something different. We do that with our lives. We wake up and we're like, it doesn't matter how old we are. You know, we've lived 50 years. And we wake up and we're like, okay, today's going to be the day. Everything's going to fall in place. I'm going to go to work. People are going to actually be nice to me. Uh, nothing's going to break down, you know, as I'm, as I'm working. Uh, nothing bad's going to happen on the road to work. When, I, you know, when I'm at home, my family, they're all going to just be loving. And, uh, you know, nothing's going to break down there. I mean, that is never going to happen. Not long ago, uh, I was praying with a brother, and the Lord spoke through him that... Things are not going to get easier, but they are going to get better. And that really spoke to me because I felt like what the Lord was saying, that these expectations that everything's going to get easy, not in this life. It's not. But it can get really good. You see, you can walk in peace and you can walk in intimacy with the Lord even when things around you aren't going good. And the thing is, is that we really desire that, but we won't choose to step into it. Here's an example of what I mean. Psalm 23, like the most, almost the most famous scripture in, you know, in the Word. We love to hear Psalm 23. Why? Because it's filled with peace. There's something in us that says, that's what we're meant for. And we are. But you know what? If you read Psalm 23... It doesn't talk about your life being perfect. I want to go there for a second. Again, I know it's one of those scriptures that we've heard um, so many times that when you hear it, you just you like don't even listen to it. But I want you to listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. By the way, when he's your shepherd, that means he leads you. You don't lead him. You don't go to him, okay, God, these are my expectations, and you know, you're there to bless these. I have all I need. Why? Because he's the shepherd. So I don't need to go and ask for other things. He, I've already got it all. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So I'm able to rest in green meadows. Why? Because everything is going as I expected? No. But I'm able to rest even when things around me are not going the way that I want them to. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. Now, get this, verse 4. Even when I walk 
through the darkest valley. Well, wait a minute. The peace doesn't leave at that point. You see, you are going to walk through dark valleys. Those valleys are going to come. But you are able to walk in peace in the midst of it. Why? Your eyes are on the shepherd. I can choose that. Or I can choose to look at my situation. God, why am I in this dark valley? You need to get me out of here right now. Well, you know what? If I have peace in that dark valley, I don't have to become frantic and be like, i got to get out of here. Because I've got the Lord. And what I can actually do is what Psalm 23 says. I will not be afraid. I don't have to be fearful. Because God's sovereign. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to have trials. Doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. God's sovereign. And, and nothing can take His love away from me. Corinthians talks about that. For you are close beside me. No matter what anyone does to you, you cannot take the closeness of the Lord away from you. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Nothing happens that God doesn't allow. Now, is there evil in the world? Yes. Does God sometimes allow evil to, to come about? Yes. Okay, I, I, it, it's part of the whole deal. But listen to verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You see, he doesn't take the enemies away. But I have a choice. I can look and be like, oh, I don't like that person being close to me. I don't like that person being so successful and having all that stuff, God. Well, you know what? How does that affect my happiness? I'm able to just look on the Lord, and you know what? I'm able to have a feast in the presence of my enemies. But what I often decide is, I can't be happy until that person's not happy. Because they're not as good as me. Why are you allowing them blessing, God? <laughs> Why does that matter? I can have a feast in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. I have never been in a place, whatever trial I'm going through, that I haven't been overflowing with blessings. It's all a matter of what I'm looking at. My attention always gets drawn to the negative. Always. There can be one out of a hundred things that's going negatively, and I'm like, boom! And I'm like, I can't be happy till that's fixed. Well, guess what? I will never be happy. Because there's always something going on. I have a choice. I can look to the Lord. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You see, these things will pursue you all the days of your life. You're not in heaven yet. It hasn't come about. We look forward to that. But listen, you do not have to wait for heaven for peace. God is able to give it to you now. It's there. It's already there. It came through His Son. But you must choose it. You must lay down the expectations that you have for your life and say, God, I am yours. And when you do that, He will lead you in ways that you never would have chosen or imagined. And sometimes it will look really bad. I mean, again, think about Joseph for a second. For those of you who know his story, he was sold by his family. The people that are supposed to love him, he was sold as a slave. And then even after that, he was faithful to God. And because of his faithfulness, he ends up in a jail. 
And even after he's in a jail, okay, he's in this dungeon, he still honors God and helps others get set free. And then what happens? They forget about him. (laughs) I mean, you just look and it's like negative after negative after negative. But it was all part of God's plan because God was shaping his heart. Why? Because God was going to make him second in command of Egypt. He was going to put unbelievable resources upon him, and he was going to have the whole world coming to him for resources. And you know what? His heart needed to be shaped for that. God has plans for you, but your heart needs shaped for it. And the only way to do that is to take you through things in your life. So you have a choice. You can keep focused on your expectations, and you can keep praying about those expectations, and you can keep getting mad at God when He doesn't fulfill those expectations. Or you can decide, you know what, this path isn't working. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to start going to the Lord and saying, Lord, what are you after? What are you after in me today? What are you after me in this moment? Lord, lead my life. Use me. And here's the thing. Most likely, now he may, at times he tells you what you're made for. You know, David, for instance, King David. He came to King David when he was a young man, teenager. He anointed him. He said, you're going to be king. Then he had to wait like 23 years even before partial fulfillment came. And then he had to wait even more years than that. 13 years, not 23, sorry before partial fulfillment came, and then more years than that, before it all came. So sometimes he'll speak it to you, but sometimes he won't, but it'll be in your heart. You think about Moses, for instance. Moses had it in his heart to help his people, but when he stepped out and did that, it didn't go well at first, and he ends up out with some sheep for 40 years. But again, what was going on? God was preparing his heart for what He wanted to do. You can have peace right now. It's your choice. If you're waiting for things in your life to get a certain way, it's not going to happen. You don't have to wait for that. Even if you're in a dark valley right now, you can have peace because you can have intimacy with the Lord. It's taking our eyes off of that and it's putting our eyes on the Lord. That's not psychobabble. It's a real thing. God's offering it to each and every one of us. I pray that you would choose to take that. God, thank you for the peace that your son Jesus paid for. Thank you for uh, just allowing us to celebrate with Travis this morning as he receives that peace. But Lord, I want him and I want all of us to walk and live out that peace so, Lord, would you show us the places where we're locked into something and we think it's good and we think it's the way it should be. Would you help us just to release that to you and to trust in your ways? Because, Lord, you use trials and you even use people who have evil intentions for your good. But we've got to trust you in that even when we don't understand. So help us to lay down the God ending and to trust in you because you have proven over and over that you are good. 
Thank you, Jesus. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.